Some of the best love stories of all time are tales of star-crossed lovers. We can't be together while they're brawling all around us because of us. The term itself comes from one of the most famous examples of the trope, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. A pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. It's a template for a story that we keep returning to and reinterpreting, always with a few common traits. The star-crossed lovers' passion is intense. Because they know the odds are stacked against them, they seize upon the brief moments that they do get to spend together. You gave me it forever within the numbered days, and for that I am eternally grateful. The star-crossed lovers are opposites. They come from different worlds or are on different paths. And if it weren't for their love story, these characters wouldn't have ordinarily met. And they're each other's saviors. In the star-crossed lovers trope, there's often a sense that these characters are looking for something to complete them. They are usually on a path that they don't want to be on, and their love helps guide them forward toward the person they truly want to be or feel they are deep down. They've got you trapped, Rose and you're gonna die if you don't break free. We love these love stories and often want the star-crossed lovers to be together, but perhaps part of the reason we are so drawn to these stories is because there is something cathartic about seeing when things don't work out. There are still valuable lessons for us to learn in love stories that last only briefly. In fact, sometimes these relationships are more intense and impactful because of their brevity. I love you so much, but this is where I am now. Here's our take on what makes star-crossed lovers so enduring and what we can learn from these tragic stories. The archetypical star-crossed lovers, like Romeo and Juliet, are kept apart for societal reasons, totally beyond their control. What strikes them, and us, as so unfair is that in an ideal world, there really shouldn't be anything stopping them from being together. The main obstacle they need to overcome is the prejudices of others. Forget that boy and find another. In Romeo and Juliet, the tragedy of their death hammers home just how futile and toxic the war between the Montagues and the Capulets is. In modern tellings, these stories of star-crossed lovers help highlight senseless societal divisions. In West Side Story, Maria and Tony cannot be together because they belong to different ethnic groups who are entrenched in a bitter gang war. They try to overcome the racism that keeps them apart, but their love isn't enough to soften others' hatred. And when Tony dies in Maria's arms, she loses her faith in society. I can kill now because I hate now. In Hancock, we learn that Hancock and Mary were subject to a racially motivated attack, leading Hancock to wake up with amnesia and the couple to separate. They continue to be drawn together, but society always keeps them apart. Are you saying that you two are fated to be together? And in Titanic, Rose isn't allowed to spend time with Jack because of their different socioeconomic classes. What him? What to be a whore to a gutter rat? In queer stories of star-crossed lovers, society often refuses to even acknowledge the couples legitimately. They must hide away from society if they want their love to survive. In Brokeback Mountain, Ennis fears that he can only safely be with Jack on Brokeback Mountain, away from the eyes of society. When this thing grabs hold of us again, in the wrong place, in the wrong time, we're dead. And in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Marianne and Heloise's affair is consigned to the house in Brittany during the weeks that they spent together preparing the portrait for her upcoming marriage. In both films, the couples share a romance that is intense and highly charged, but they know from the outset that this relationship is risky and probably without a future. The titular painting in Portrait of a Lady on Fire captures this tension perfectly. The fire represents the passion and energy of their relationship, but also the danger of it and the fact that it can't last forever. 
happened in both stories, the lovers' fears prove well-founded as they are forced apart by society. Jack is tragically killed, it's implied due to homophobia, and Marianne and Heloise never meet again after Marianne finishes the portrait and Heloise marries a nobleman. But both couples leave something behind, a talisman that allows them to carry their love story forward. The heartbreaking final image of Brokeback Mountain is Ennis tending to Jack's shirt, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire ends with Marianne noticing that in a new portrait of Heloise and her daughter, Heloise is holding the book Marianne gave her and Brittany. These talismans act as proof that their love existed, even if everyone else denied that and it ended too soon. Society may have succeeded in separating these couples, but it can't erase the fact that they loved each other. Some lovers are also star-crossed due to more internal obstacles. They're pulled apart not just by external factors and the expectations of others, but also by their own needs and desires, or by being on different paths in life. Rick and Ilsa in Casablanca can't help falling for each other in Paris before external reality intervenes. When did you first find out he was alive? Just before you and I were to leave Paris together. But in the end, the couple could choose their love over everything else. It's just that they realize the right thing to do is to prioritize their duties, however much it makes them suffer. That plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. In Fleabag, the protagonist's relationship with the hot priest is similarly thwarted by his commitment to God. Tons of on-screen pairings are plagued by bad timing. The whole world crumbling, we pick this time to fall in love. Which may, in the end, be overcome, but may not, especially if there's a big age difference. In Harold and Maud, while young Harold is given a new lease on life by Maud, Maud is at the end of hers. I love you. Go and love And in Friends, Monica and Richard know they don't have a future because of their age gap. Monica wants a family, but Richard's already had his. These different paths can be heightened in some stories by supernatural factors. In the curious case of Benjamin Button, Benjamin cannot be with Daisy because he ages backwards, and they're only the same age for a small window. like growing younger. In Last Christmas, Kat falls in love with the ghost of a man whose heart was transplanted into her body to save her life. Why can I feel you? Because I'm a part of you. And in City of Angels, an angel who falls in love with a human gives up his angel form to be with her, only for her to die soon after. Far less surreal love stories are also cut short simply due to factors no one can change, like one partner's death. And there isn't anyone to blame, except truly, the stars. These stories reveal how difficult it can be for love to flourish if the environment is wrong. We like to believe that true love can overcome anything, but the star-crossed lovers trope recognizes that it's more complicated, and even that sometimes choosing love at all costs would mean not being true to one's deeper self, life goals, or values. I love you. It'll pass. In Brief Encounter, it feels like love at first sight for Laura and Alec. Their first interaction, Alec helping Laura remove some grit from her eye, acts as a metaphor for him pulling her out of the doldrums of her life with her husband. They come alive together, but ultimately they know that to make their relationship last, they would have to dismantle their lives. They would both have to get divorced, and Laura would have to move to South Africa and leave behind everything to follow Alec. So they're not at a point in their lives where they can fully commit to the other, but that doesn't mean the strength of their feelings is ever in question. I know that this is the beginning of the end. Not the end of my loving her, but the end of our being together. Similarly, in The Butterfly Effect, Evan and his childhood sweetheart Kaylee have a strong connection, but after traveling through alternate timelines, he realizes that her life would be much better without him in it. 
So Evan chooses to sacrifice their relationship for her well-being. He cuts their love story short as an act of love. Would it make a difference if I told you that no one could possibly ever love anyone as much as I love you? In Normal People, the young central couple has to overcome a number of mostly internalized obstacles keeping them from admitting how much they want to be together. But after they at last do that and stop getting in their own way, they become a different paths couple. Their individual journeys require them to live in different places to properly develop as young adults finding themselves, and it's unknown whether these life paths will ever come back together. Love has been an immensely crucial part of shaping who they are, but to prioritize that love at the expense of each following their individual growth wouldn't be right. You're my best friend and I don't want to lose that for any reason. Together, these stories convey a confusing truth, that true romantic love is deeply precious, rare, and must be nurtured and protected. And yet, it's also not the only or even always the most important thing in life. Although star-crossed lovers rarely meet at the right time or place to end up together, they do meet at exactly the right time to get the most out of their relationship. The love they shared for the time they shared it is what's important. Elio and Oliver's summer relationship in Call Me By Your Name is brief, but instead of focusing on the tragedy of its briefness or Oliver's decision to marry a woman, the film focuses on the joy and meaning their connection brought to Elio. You're too smart not to know how rare how special what you two had was. If at least one of the star-crossed lovers survives, they're forever impacted by the other person. So in that way, the love does live on permanently, and the condensed timelines of these relationships seems to make them more profound in their impact. Gus and Hazel's relationship in The Fault in Our Stars is really all about Hazel finding a reason to live. Before they meet, she is depressed and defeated by her illness, but Gus gives her a new outlook on life, and so while their relationship ends, she is forever changed by it. Maybe she wasn't loved widely, but she was loved deeply. And isn't that more than most of us get? And the same is true of Jack and Rose in Titanic. Before they meet, Rose is suicidal, trapped in a relationship with a man she doesn't love. But Jack sees who she truly is and draws her out. You must promise me that you'll survive. That you won't give up. She becomes braver, happier, and transforms into a whole new person. And even though Jack didn't survive, she takes his name when she gets to America, as if he lives on as a part of her. In examples from Casablanca and Harold and Maude to normal people, likewise, the story doesn't just end with sadness, but with appreciation for the couple's bond. Even in the frustrating stories about hateful society denying love, we're still left with awe for the love at the center. Society romanticizes the idea of soulmates, twin flames, or finding the one. My soul is in your hands, soulmate. But the star-crossed lovers trope reminds us that even if we do find them, that's no guarantee we get to enjoy them together. While we tend to fixate on happily ever afters, all these stories remind us that ultimately the ending isn't the most important thing. Experiencing a love as true and pure as these couples do is a gift for any amount of time, and if we should ever be so lucky, we should cherish it. I fear we must accept our fate as star-crossed lovers.